With a break between games, the Miami Heat talked to media on Tuesday, and Jimmy Butler was asked about his dip in scoring versus Denver. But does Miami need playoff Jimmy in order to win the championship? Plus the latest updates on Tyler Hero, and we answer five burning questions on today's NBA Finals edition of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg, here with David Vermill, however you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. We're going to get to the latest news on Tyler Hero's return and look ahead to some big adjustments for Game 3 in a minute. But I want to start with Jimmy Butler, uh, David, who's averaging just 17 points on less than 40% shooting in the finals, despite the Heat being tied with the Nuggets 1-1. When asked about his shooting numbers, Butler said, quote, I'm not a scorer. I don't press to score. I press to win. Here he is uh, discussing it. Do you know when those come about? And do you ever find yourself pressing to score like that when you have I'm not a scorer. Like, just because I score a lot of points one game, it doesn't make you a scorer. I'm not a volume shooter. I don't do anything. Um, I don't press to score. I only press to win. So, if I pass the ball every possession, if we win, I don't care. If I shoot the ball every possession and we win, I don't care. Um, this playoff Jimmy narrative, it's not a thing. Um, I just want to win. I don't let everybody else. So, I don't worry about too much other things except for so we know that Jimmy's scoring numbers have been in decline as the playoffs have gone on 36 points on average against Milwaukee, the big 56 game, all that stuff, about 27 points a game across the Knicks and the Celtics series. And now down again to 17 points in the first two games against the Denver Nuggets. My question to you, David, is despite all it is that Jimmy Butler is saying there, do the heat need whatever we call Jimmy Butler, like that playoff Jimmy to win the finals? Yeah, I think absolutely they will at some point. If You have to expect that Denver will be making some sort of adjustments throughout the series. That's just the nature of any seven-game series. We don't know how they're going to respond in game three, games four, et cetera. And Jimmy will have to morph right alongside. Right now, he cannot be just a playmaker. He has to take over scoring, whether it's at one point or another. He saved it for the fourth quarter in game two. That was just enough to help Miami get over the hump and be able to seal the victory against the Nuggets. But again, at some point, there will be a game that requires him to be much more active as a scorer because Denver will figure out what Miami has done well, and they'll try to do what Miami has done so effectively over the postseason. Take away their strikes, take away Bam's ability to spread the ball around and to get their shooters going, to be able to lock down Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, etc., and if that's the case, then somebody's going to need to be the, step up to score, and that's Jimmy Butler. That's He can do it better than anybody else on this roster. And given that, I think at some point he will have to be uh, the top scorer for the Miami Heat and replic- replicate what he was able to do versus you know, to maybe to a lesser degree against the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I don't think that. I would be surprised if he scored 50 points in a game, just given the way that the Nuggets yeah. are defending him, right? But to to the greater point, 
17 points a game is just not going to cut it. They need more. They're just, they're going to need more. Um, If if he's averaging less than 20 in a series for the first time in these playoffs, they are going to be, they're going to come in second. I I feel pretty confident saying that. Um, If you're getting 50 points combined basically every night from Jokic and Jamal Murray, the thing I keep coming back to in this series is the offensive floor for Denver is so much higher than Miami's. And I I understand Jimmy Butler wanting to make the right play. I get it. And I, I think that's what the Heat need. They... They're, ne- they're not going to be as efficient from two-point range as the Denver Nuggets are going to be in this series. We know that. That's like that's a given. That's already done. They can be more efficient, and they can shoot more volume, and they can make that three-point shot the equalizer for them, as they have in these first two games in the playoffs. And it's not surprising to me that every time we talk to Michael Malone, one of his talking points is, we're giving up too many threes. It's not even the amount of open threes, although he does talk about that. But the thing sure. he keeps harping on is the volume with which Miami is getting up those threes. Because he also knows that the Heat are not going to just chuck any three-pointers. They want right. to only take open shots uh, from that distance, and, and they basically have all playoffs long. They're only going to take the open ones, and so if they're giving up a certain amount of volume, it, it, it makes you think, okay, a lot of these are going to be open. And and the reason Malone keeps bringing that up is because he knows that that's the only way the Heat can win this series, is if, they, is if they're making those three-pointers at a 40%-plus clip and a lot of them, if they're getting up 35 to 40 of them every game. So Jimmy Butler driving and kicking out to those shooters is extremely important to Miami's offense and chances to win the championship. The thing, so I don't think it's either like a one or the other thing. It's it's kind of like uh, Ramona Shelburne's question to Eric Spolster, turning Jokic mm. into a scorer or a passer. It's kind of similar with Jimmy. He's got to do both. The thing that they can't do is when Jimmy is sort of predetermining those passes. There's, like in those first two games, I can count probably on two hands the amount of times where Jimmy gets to the basket and just passes up a wide open layup to kick out to Max Struess in the corner. Who's covered. Like there's no reason to kick it out to him, but for some reason he's sort of predetermined every once in a while to just do that anyway. And against Denver's defense, sagging a seven footer as big as Nikola Jokic at the rim, Aaron Gordon defending Jimmy Butler. Like he can't afford to pass up those opportunities. So I think he needs to be a little bit more uh, assured of himself when he is getting to the basket, when he does have those looks, just take the shot get those guys into foul trouble, bait them with those pump fakes, all those kinds of things that we need from Jimmy Butler, uh, while also balancing the passing. And, and this isn't hard for him. I mean, it, I shouldn't say it's not hard, but it's not new because he's been doing it all playoffs long. All right. No, I, I agree 100%. I, I just, at some point, he he just, he's going to need to take over. I, you, you wonder, you know, I think the, the greatest victim uh, on as far as Denver's perimeter defense has been Michael Porter Jr. And at some point, Michael Malone is going to make some kind of an adjustment there, either putting Bruce Brown or Christian Brown or somebody else out there to be a little bit more of a, a defensive-minded, active wing-type player who can defend those perimeter shoots, cl- close out a little bit more effectively than Porter Jr. could. And given that, those options aren't going to be there for Jimmy. He can't just pass out continuously. You know, so if they limit those three-point looks, not just the volume, but the the uncontested nature of those looks to your point and to Malone's point, then he he just needs to shift. And and look, it it is kind of I'd like to push back a little bit because I think it is an either or. It's not to say that those avenues aren't going to be available at some point but we saw against milwaukee it's like you know what sometimes he just needs to be able to put the ball in the hoop he needs to be the one to be miami's top scorer and 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 he's kind of reverted a little bit due to injury due to great defensive presences from either the knicks or or the the celtics and of course the nuggets and i think he's going to need to shift that mindset a little bit and i i just 
I, I, I wondered about this, and we've talked about this a lot. You know, I, I know that the injury is probably impacting him. He's not going to use it as an excuse or an explanation. But at the same time, uh, you know, he needs to be into that mindset of attacking the basket, continuing to put pressure there. And from that point forward, if he does take over, whether and I, and I don't know when it's going to be, preferably early in a game, then that kind of forces Denver's defense to shift a little bit. And then those open shots will be out there in the perimeter. Because I think that's the next adjustment for Denver is being able to kind of limit those open looks and then collapse out. And then that's not going to kind of free up the, the space a little bit right. in the painted restricted area. Yeah. He'll have to score. And then conversely, then those shots will be open to back up on the perimeter. Well, that's the trade-off, right? If you're Denver, it's do we try to take away all the, these three-pointers and and allow Jimmy Butler to kind of get going and turn Jimmy right. into a scorer as opposed to a passer? I don't know if or when the Denver Nuggets will make that decision. So, um, look, we've we've seen Jimmy Butler try to turn it on in fourth quarters, specifically in that Celtics series where saving he's himself. Just, yeah. yeah, he'll he'll you know kind of go. And I look, the injury is is affecting him. He's limping. He was limping everywhere in in games basically five through seven against Boston. I know that he's not saying it. Grimacing. We, he, doesn't, he doesn't need to say anything. We could see it. We could see it. It's obvious. It's a fact. So. Uh, you know, after rolling his ankle in, in game one against the Knicks, he has been a little bit different. The scoring numbers show that, uh, and that's fine. The Knicks also, uh, Max Drew said this earlier uh, at practice today, the way the Nuggets are defending Jimmy Butler is very similar to how the Knicks were defending Jimmy Butler. They kind of have a guy hanging out by the rim. They're going to opportuni- opportunistically trap and double and send those kinds of things. Aaron Gordon is a fiend of a defender who is giving Jimmy Butler problems um, and, and when Jimmy Butler is able to create space, sometimes you've just got Jokic dropping back, hanging out by the rim. And, and we saw Jimmy hit a lot of those floaters and a couple of those push shots in game two. And you've got to get some of that stuff. And, um, yeah. actually Ramon Shelburne had, had this, uh, uh, this good piece for ESPN talking about how the night before game two, Jimmy Butler told all the reporters, Hey, I'm going to an escape room with my daughter in Denver the night before right. that was false. That didn't act actually happened. He spent, he spent the entire night working on his floaters with Chris Brinkley. So, and then you saw any, and then we saw him get to those in game two. Um, it, it, it might be kind of a mind shift, uh, a mindset shift for him sometimes, but I do think that ultimately the heat are going to get where they want to go with everybody, like with Jimmy Butler, obviously being aggressive. But when I hear, when I say aggressive, I don't necessarily mean just putting shots up in volume. Yeah. So Jimmy's point, he's not a volume score. It's just getting to the rim, drawing fouls, pressuring uh, Denver's defense and then creating those looks from three-point range because I think more important than anything is Miami hitting those threes at the clip that they did over getting the looks that they did basically for the first two games. And a lot of that credit goes to Jimmy Butler. Um, Tyler Hero. Mm. We might finally have some clarity on his status uh, and what that could look like going forward the rest of the series and why more specifically the Heat are pushing back on some of the reporting that's been out there. We're going to talk about that next. First, David, tell the listeners about our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. You want to go to a concert or a comedy show, maybe some theater, you know, whatever, whatever you're interested in. Maybe a game, you know, for Denver reporters that are in town, you want to go catch the Marlins, then Game Time is the app for you. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you have at these various events. They've got flash deals on last minute tickets. 
You can find buy tickets in your area super easily. Images of seat views so that you can see exactly where you're going to be sitting. So you know if there's going to be an obstruction or whether you're in the sight line of whatever the event may be. It's so convenient, so easy. You don't have to plan months in advance. You just go on the app, find what you're looking for, and you can find it all there. Like I said, baseball games, concerts, comedy, so much more. So you can do it all by downloading the Game Time app, create an account, and if you use the code Locked On NBA, you get twenty bucks off your first purchase. Who doesn't like that? Terms apply. But again, create an account and redeem the code Locked On NBA, and you get twenty bucks off your first purchase by downloading Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Every day, we're going to be back Wednesday night with our immediate reactions to Game Three in Miami. Tyler Hero officially ruled out for Game Three on Wednesday night. Um, now, this is, is on this- the heels. Is this the out where they're still kind of can no, be it's listed out. as that? It's out officially. He's yeah. been ruled out officially. Um, and so, yeah, this is a little bit surprising considering some of the reporting that we had going into this series was that Tyler Hero was targeting game three, obviously the first game of the finals in Miami, to maybe make his return. Got even some reporting that he could try to play in game two. So it right. felt like everything was being expedited, almost rushed to get Tyler Hero back on the court. Now, he talked with uh, ESPN Radio's Rosgold Anwudi about the uh, the fact that his his hand had been swelling up after some of these workouts. Eric Spolstra today telling us that um, that is in fact happening that he has not yet been cleared to play in an NBA Finals game, um, but that he's continuing to uh, go through practices. He went through a full contact workout today. He's going to continue to be evaluated as the series goes on. So officially ruled out for Game Three Wednesday night, but not anything past that. We have no idea. It's sort of day-to-day with him. Do you think that we should expect Tyler Hero at some point in this series, David? I don't. I I mentioned it in yesterday's podcast. I don't feel like he is a viable option right now. And I know some people will listen to that and say, you know what? He's such a great scorer, such a great player. Yeah, but this is the NBA Finals, and and you can't just replicate that. Remember – you, you, you know, somebody get gets lost or gets you know is lost due to injury or something like that. Somebody has to step up. It's not apples to apples. You know, we're seeing guys like Caleb, Max, Duncan, everybody sharing the ball, and it's been Miami's strength that they can continue to replicate the same levels of scoring, if not surpass them. That what we saw during the regular season, even without arguably their best scorer, their best bucket getter, and Tyler Hero. And so to put him back in the lineup, I think creates a shift that that might be to the detriment of what Miami's style of play up to this point has been. And it's not a knock on Tyler, but there's just too much at stake. It's everything's a sensitive balance right now, trying to find the right combination of players on a daily basis, perhaps even within the context of a game from quarter to quarter, you might see a player get out there for a couple minutes and realize, you know what, this is not the game for him and he might not play again. Can you afford to do that with Tyler Hero? And can Tyler embrace those expectations of just saying, you know what, we're going to put you out there for five minutes in game four just to see what happens. I don't know. It's I don't know if that's the kind of risk you want to take. A lot of that, again, depends. Yeah. And my perspective is it depends on where you are in context of the series. If you're down yes. three games to one, then, yeah, you might need some scoring. And he's a better option than anybody else in the bench as far as what he could provide. I thought you made a really good point um, on yesterday's show. You went solo before you obviously were joined by Gary Payton. I was on a flight back from Denver. Um, and you made a really good point about the timing, even defensively for Tyler Hero. Like, do you really want to put him out there and then just sort of give the Denver Nuggets this weak spot that might be a little rusty, might be out of, a little out of rhythm that Miami doesn't really have defensively right. right now. And you can't really afford to give that to such a great offensive team like the Denver Nuggets. So 
look, I, I would be hesitant. Uh, credit Tyler Hero. You know, he was he was pretty open with Roz about, you know, I don't want to come back and, and throw the team out of rhythm. And that's not easy to do. If you're Tyler yeah. Hero and you're seeing the success that your teammates are having and, and you would and, be a part of it. And being, yeah, you're being three, you're three games away from winning the championship. Of course you want to be a part of it. Of course you do. So we'll see. I in terms of the reporting around it, I find that interesting, David, hmm. because it was hey. Game three, that's the target date. Maybe even game two. This is after the Heat. This is before the Heat were obviously tied 1-1. Some of that reporting even after they were down 0-1, right? Mm -hmm. To start these finals, they win that second game in Denver. And all of a sudden, the reporting now starts changing. And I really believe that if the Heat had been down 0-2 in this series, we're not getting this pushback. And it's not as patient with Tyler Hero anymore. But the fact that you split it at in Denver, coming back home, now, if you're the Heat, that changes the calculus completely. Now you can afford to be a little bit more patient with Tyler Hero. And I'm not blaming anybody for that. That's the way it ought to be, right? That's how it should be. There's no reason to rush him back. You don't want to throw anything out of rhythm. But I also think that there could be a point in this series where you do need him. But you don't have to rush to get to that point. If that point comes, that point comes, right? If you feel like you need him, then you throw him out there. The other part, too, is at, at what cost? Right. Duncan Robinson is, was awesome in that fourth quarter in game two. If he continues right. to be awesome, you can't take him out. Max mm -hmm. Struess, same thing. Gabe Vincent, Kyle Lowry, like who are these minutes coming from? And I know that some people want to say, well, I'll just throw him out there 10 minutes off the bench. Maybe that's maybe that's the compromise. And I get it. But those 10 minutes could be 10 very big, important minutes in the finals. 10 minutes. As Duncan we've seen scored in a eight straight points in two minutes in the start to fourth right. quarter. That was the Changed difference the in Miami. Yeah. And the difference in that game could be the difference in a series could be the could determine who wins the championship, right? Like all these, everything right now is so high stakes. Yeah. So I, I don't, I'm not saying that you have to rule out Tyler Hero for the rest of the series. I do tend to think we'll see him at some point in this series. Uh, but I'm glad that the Heat are at least being patient with it because I, I, I think the worst thing you could do is rush him back. Do you think the reporting um, in between game one and two, where I can't recall exactly where it came from now, but it said he's targeting game two for a that return. was uh, Woj. It was Woj. Okay, I mean this is some a reporter who has notoriously not as strong links to the Miami front office. Uh, you know, the Miami front office obviously uh, very tight lipped when it comes to those kind of leaks, and and Woj just doesn't yeah. have the same kind of access to Miami that he has elsewhere. But you wonder how much of that was similar to what we saw against the Boston Celtics following the Game 3 blowout where it was all of a sudden the reporting is, oh, there's so much infighting. These players can't wait to get away from each other. They 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 uh they hate each other on the they, good side. And then yeah. The, yeah, and then it, you know, and then they went three straight and everything's like hunky dory again and maybe it's kind of overblown. It's like Denver blows out, or not even they beat Miami handily in game one. Let's be fair about that. And yeah. all of a sudden you gotta come up with a solution. Yeah. And who's the only solution on that on that sideline for Miami is well Tyler Hero, the guy who hasn't played at all during the playoffs. And so maybe that's why that reporting is. Yeah, like, oh, I, I don't what? think it's made up. I don't think it's made up reporting, and I don't think that's what you're saying. But I do think maybe it's like a small kernel that you turn into maybe a bigger thing where it right. to your point, it's a good one. Like after Boston loses 03, you know, now there's infighting, and there probably there was there discord was. in that locker. There room. always is. There's yeah, even in always. Miami's locker room right now, and they're still as harmonious as you could possibly be sure. for a, an organization of like 15 men. But also, it makes coaches. sense if you yeah. lost Game Three the way that the Celtics lost Game Three. Yeah. It, they, you, you better have some some frustrations yeah. in that locker room. That was embarrassing yeah. what they did. And yeah. for the Heat to lose, I agree with you. 
I don't care about the final score and, and Miami's comeback in that fourth quarter. They got demolished in that. In that. They were not prepared for the Denver Nuggets in game one, right? And so you come off of that game and you're like, maybe we do need Tyler Hero for this game, right? Because no, remember, they didn't. They couldn't make any threes. Like They kept missing open shots. You're like, you know who would make open shots? Tyler Hero. I bet he would make yeah. open shots. Um, so it makes sense. So I'm not dismissing the reporting at all. I actually think that this is the Heat pushing back now for two reasons. Number one, because they split the series in Denver, and now there is less uh, urgency to bring back Tyler Hero. And number two, the Miami Heat are notoriously paranoid about this stuff. I think like even Jared Greenberg breaking the news that they were going to start Kevin Love, and then Eric Spolstra being asked about starting Kevin Love and being like, no, I don't know where that came from. Jared Greenberg was just talking to, to, to Charles Barkley about it. And you're like, no, he wasn't. He was like, Barkley wasn't even in the room. It was a stand-up Jared <laughs> Greenberg just delivering news that they were going to start Kevin Love. And everybody in the room knew that they were going to start Kevin Love because Greenberg is good at this stuff. And, and he's, you know, a trusted source on this. And the difference, but, and then of course, 30 minutes later, they announce that they're going to start Kevin Love. And I was like, what was the difference of 30 minutes? Like the Denver Nuggets weren't going to, scrap their old game plan and create a new one in half an hour but the the heat are just so paranoid about this stuff this is how they think so i think some of it is a the lack of urgency not feeling like you have to get tyler hero out there because the series is tied as opposed to being down oh two and then two this team is getting was probably felt like the reporting was getting in over its skis a little bit and they wanted to try to get ahead of it where in the first time in a long time it felt like miami was sort of the heat were chasing the news they're trying to get ahead of it by being like well why don't you slow your roll? We don't even know if Tyler Hero is going to come back at all in this series. And now that's sort of the talking point. And I think that's where the Heat want it to be, is to create yeah. some confusion, uh, at least on Denver's part, which, again, I don't think that they care. I think the Nuggets yeah. fully expect. And, and, Michael and Malone's asked do you think the Nuggets it. fully expect Tyler Hero to play in this series? Yeah, but Malone's asked about it. He knows what he's – he was pretty clear and, and very correct in his assessment of Tyler and his skill level and what he produces and everything else like that. So it's like – I'm sure that's option – H and on their scale of what what to prepare for, but you know right. what? It's like it's it's still there. It's mindful. It's not going to make or break Denver one way or the other. Bringing Tyler off there, like I'd love to think that there's a possibility for Tyler to come in in Game Four and have 40 points after two and a half month layoff, but that's not the reality either. Unfortunately, has it been We're that good. long? Two months, right? It has been like seven two months, a little bit more than seven weeks. Yeah, yeah, almost two months. Yeah, I miss him, man. I, I do. I hope we see him in the finals. I would love for him to be a part of it. I, I just, I obviously don't want it to be at the detriment of the I, Miami Heat. I do think that there's ways to get him in there and just, I, I think there's going to be a time where the Heat feel like they, and maybe it's not even designed. Maybe he's available, cleared to play. He's on the bench. Miami's down 15 points in the third quarter or something. And suppose, like, you know what? Get out there. And maybe he scores I, like eight straight points. And then that's what I'm kind of. I, I would hope it's almost like the inverse of that. Like Miami has a substantial lead and you can kind of mess around a little bit. Not garbage your time food necessarily. Yeah. Not garbage time. But, you know, like let's say you're, you've are you got an advantage and you're looking for a scoring punch. You know, let's say you're up 3-1 or, or maybe even you blow out like the way that they blew out the Celtics in game seven. Something along those lines. And you're like, you know what? Tyler was a big part of why we're here in the first place. Get him out there. Like, no, 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 no. I want him. I want important, big, like Tyler Hero buckets, not garbage time buckets. I want... Whatever, it's not up to us. Well, UD, UD. I mean, he's gonna he he has to play right at some point. I mean, not in any minutes that matter. No offense to Giannis okay. Haslam, but like, okay. Even All today right. at practice, he was just watching Bam Adebayo go through his shooting warm ups. He didn't even touch the ball, right. so I don't know if he expects to be out there. Five burning questions is next, including one adjustment we expect the Nuggets to make that could swing Game Three. That's coming up next year on Locked On Heat. 
Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Every day, we're going to be back Wednesday night with our immediate reactions to Game 3. Excited for that one. We're going to go into five burning questions now, David. Speed round style. Are you ready? Yep, let's do it. One big adjustment that you expect the Nuggets to make in Game 3. Go. Uh, more pick and roll between Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon. I think uh, getting him a little bit more active because he was such a difference maker in game one and then not a difference maker in game two is a way of confusing things for Miami. Defensively, Kevin Love can't take that switch. He can't be on Murray. And then conversely, uh, you wouldn't want Gabe Vincent guarding Aaron Gordon either. So I think that that, that uh, action was taken away from them a little bit or they didn't go to it as much in game two. I'm a little surprised that they didn't. And in game three, I would expect that to be the case. They did a good job taking it away, having Jimmy Butler on Jamal Murray. It kind of mucks up that that pick and roll action. Obviously, Bam on Jokic. Bam can comfortably switch on Jamal Murray. Jimmy got switched on to Jokic a number of times, especially in that mm-hmm. second half. And I thought he did okay standing up against Jokic. Um, I I I think that's gonna be part of it. The big adjustment that I think that Denver is going to try to make, right, is cleaning up just their defense. Like the defensive mm-hmm. breakdowns they had in that second half against the Miami Heat. Not really characteristic of a team that you would that that's in, or at least you would think characteristic of a team being in the NBA Finals. I asked Michael Malone about it uh, today, and he said that he showed the the Nuggets clips of seventeen different plays that mm. led to forty Miami points because mm. of defensive breakdowns. That is something that they are keying in on. Uh, I was surprised. Like I think about those that fourth quarter that that stretch where Miami was uh, outscored them thirty six to twenty four or whatever it was, and Bam Adebayo at the top of the nail running running the offense and then them having those split cuts with Duncan Robinson and Gabe Vincent to Bam's left. And then just like basic stuff that the Nuggets were getting lost on, um, you know, Christian Brown going, uh, going with yeah. the ball instead of covering the open, you know, pick and pop guy, uh, mm-hmm. giving up those open shots, Jeff Green getting lost, uh, yep. Michael Porter Jr. getting lost a ton defensively. Sure. Like that's the stuff that they need to clean up. I do wonder if they can though, because I made this point, um, going into this series, the Nuggets have not played a team with the ball movement like Miami has in these playoffs yet, right? Like Minnesota's not known for ball movement. Certainly the Lakers aren't, right? Um, the Suns aren't. It's basically Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, you know, bail us out, score points, and most for the most part they can. Like right. the Heat are just throwing more stuff at the Denver Nuggets, and it feels like game one, Miami was a little unprepared for what it is that the Nuggets do. And then in game two, it felt like Denver was unprepared for what it is that the Miami Heat do. And so we'll see what happens in game three. But I do expect the, heat to, the Nuggets to try to clean that up uh, a little bit. Can I ask you one thing, though? Uh, this wasn't on the list of questions, but Uh-oh. Steve Kerr's comment about um, Jamal Murray is actually the head of the snake. I don't know if you saw this. Steve Kerr was on Draymond's podcast and said, it's, you know, the Heat did a great job of making Nikola Jokic a score instead of a passer. And by doing that, you almost try to take Jamal Murray out of the offense because he's really the head of the snake, not really Jokic. And the reason he said that is because Jokic is just going to get his points no matter what. But if you could take Jamal Murray out, that increases your chances of winning. What do you think about that? That's fair. I I don't don't disagree necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. That's it? Okay. We're real real speed rounding. Okay. Yeah, we do. We got to move forward. We got to move on. Will LeBron be on the Mavericks next season? Absolutely not. There's no way that happens. Uh, I think it's just uh, some – Depth maneuvering from both parties there. Kyrie wants to force something to happen. LeBron wants to make it known to the Lakers' top brass that he wants big-time changes there. You know, GM LeBron, not the best version of one of the greatest players of all time, but uh, there he is. He can't help himself. He's got to draw up some drama. Got to stir some stuff you think up. This gotta... is... Oh, I didn't. I read it the other way. I thought this was a Kyrie thing. I thought no, this was Kyrie's I, well, I camp it's getting both. it out. 
I think it's both. I think there's okay. a little bit of that. I th- but I also think the, the you know it's LeBron saying, "Hey man, you know what? This is a real thing." You know, I, I think it just winds up mm, moving deck chairs around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I think you're right. I think it's also Kyrie doing the same thing with the Dallas Mavericks, and yeah. also sort of maybe signaling, "I'm recruiting. I'm Kyrie Irving, the recruiter this summer." Right. Yeah. I think that's also part of it that. too. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Uh, it's but yeah. I'm with you. LeBron will not be playing in Dallas next year. Uh, will Damian Lillard be playing in Portland next season? He's on fire! Hate to break it to you, Heat fans, but yeah, I, I think that's still the case. Like, I, I, I don't know. It, there's so much that could go up in the air, and I know that every day it feels like, oh, they're they're working out this draft player. Is there a potential draft or tra- draft a trade in the works? I, I just don't see any. I, I don't know. I, I can't see Portland just lean fully into the rebuild at this point. And then at that point, making the determination that they can let go of the best player in franchise history. Like, yeah. I, I mean, top two. I, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I'm if it were maybe another market that feels like it could rebuild, maybe you do trade Damian Lillard. But like you, those guys don't come to Portland willingly. If you have one, it's got to be. And this is why this has sort of been a talking point for years is the, the Trailblazers haven't been any good for three seasons. OK. Yeah. And even if they draft Scoot Henderson, or they, let's say you trade the third pick for Jalen Brown. What team, like, what is that? Six seed in the West? Like, that's not that, that's not a finals contender, Jalen Brown and, and Damian Lillard. That's not good enough. No. So I, I don't know what the, the, I think if, if Lillard is not playing for Portland, it's because Portland is making the decision finally to say, you know what, let's lean all the way in. Let's go Scoot Henderson or, or Miller at, at number three, whoever's there at number yeah. three, uh, Anthony Simons, uh, Shane Sharp, and like, let's lean in. And by the way, I really like that core. That could be a good core regardless of which one it is. I, I'm going to go ahead and say that they do trade Lillard this offseason. Ooh, I just okay. think that it's it's a matter of time. Now, is it to Miami? Is it somewhere else? I don't New York. know that, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, man, he'd be a great fit in Miami, regardless if they win the finals or not. Let's regardless. not do that. That's offseason topics, man. It is. It is. It is. Okay. If you could add one thing to Kaseya Center for the NBA Finals, so, so this could be an arena feature, uh, something to do with entertainment, a giveaway, what would it be? And before you answer, I just want to say, the reason I – I'm asking this question. Hmm. Ball Arena in Denver hmm. did a phenomenal job with the NBA Finals. They gave out those light-up wristbands that changed depending on like what is going on on the jumbotron. That like hmm. a, like it was like a Taylor Swift concert. It was crazy. It was I thought it created such a cool, intimate, and exciting mood in the arena. Their jumbotron was incredible. Their PA announcer brought it. The entertainment was crisp and good, and it was all great. And the reason I am bringing this up is because I expect the same from Mickey Harrison and the Miami Heat. The giveaways were great in Denver. Great. Not rally napkins, rally towels, legit towels that hold up in the wash. That's what they were giving in, in those Denver Nuggets games. This is the uh, NBA Finals, all right? It's time to step up your game. I've got some Miami reporting Heat. on that. I've got some reporting on that. Uh, oh. That's not going to happen. It's rally towels all the way. Rally napkins oh, oh. or rally towels? Rally napkins. We are rally towels all the way, quote unquote, from Heat Top Brass. So uh, that is that is going to be part of a story I'm working on on the, uh, the history of uh, white hot heat and everything else that it entails. So yeah, they're, what about they're not giving you got anything on the bracelets. <laughs> nothing, no giveaway other than rally towels. So yeah. take that for you what you will. Uh, you know the, the Heat have it. heard, yeah, the Heat have heard all the complaints and everything else. It's not that Mickey Harrison is cheap or anything like that. They kind of laughed at it. They actually take some pride in, in the fact that they don't need to give away anything. 
I, again, this is no free stuff. And, no free stuff for I'm, the people spending six hundred dollars a ticket. Nothing free for you. Not even it's a lineup the experience. Bracelet. It's the experience to root on your hometown team. Uh, and so I'll say I, this. I think- the um, everybody has been so complimentary of the when I say everybody, the, the the players on the team have been very appreciative of what it is that the fans that are going to these games are doing, right? Like everybody yes. talking about how great of a crowd it's yes. been all playoffs on Jimmy Butler mentioning it today. I think it was also Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry Aaron yeah. Gordon on Denver saying that Kaseya center is one of the most ruckus crowds in the league. So That's weird. He would know he played for the magic for a number of years, He's, same division. Yeah. Um, hey, he would know they played at the Amway center where they were cheering the heat anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he got his arenas confused. Yeah, he's so used to hearing he's "Let's like, Go Heat." He's like, Miami Center. looks different now. What happened? Where's <laughs> Disney World? What? That's far. Yeah. Last one. If oh, you could have a well, magic- can I can I can I add, answer the question though? I mean, we started talking about rally towels. What I would change? I want like a real giveaway. Like, whatever yeah. happened to Bobblehead Night? Yeah. yeah. I want a exactly. Jimmy Butler. I want a bubble Jimmy Butler giveaway. Dreadlocks That's or no dreadlocks? No, 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 no. I don't want Jerry Curl. Jimmy, I don't want dreadlock Jimmy. I'm sorry. Uh, I want bobblehead, like two months of facial hair growth, Jimmy Butler. Like that's a iconic image there. Jimmy want, bent over the, the Duncan stanchion. Robinson mean mug. Yes, yes. <laughs> right before they that. trade him, right? That's what it is. It'll happen. It's like they'll give it away and they'll be like, "No, sorry, we're gonna take those back." Um, yeah, there's so many iconic, like like Bam Block, you know. Bam on his cell phone to his mom, bobblehead. Come on, that would be like huge. Trying to swat away a moth after game two. I don't know if anybody saw that. He was trying to swat <laughs> away a moth at the post game. Um, if I could change one thing, I I want a new jumbotron. It's just outdated. Some of these new jumbotrons, really? these videos, it's like it's like HD. No, keep like the sun thing in the middle, like all. But the screen itself, like some of these screens now are like perfect HD like, clarity picture. I, I just yeah, yeah I just I want. Let's get the screens updated, man. Like just, just some updates. We just buy. got TVs. We just got new TVs in the press conference room, and that was only because there was a UFC fight in town. So yeah, you can't you can't go to Brandsmart and just get a new jumbotron. Whereas that takes time. You sure? When was the last yeah, time you were to Brandsmart? I don't think they have. I don't think they have the jumbotron section there. I don't know. I haven't been in a while. He's on fire. <laughs> if you could have a magic power to complete any mundane task for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, you know, I thought about this. Like, I, I hate, uh, I hate the laundry thing. Like, uh, putting and folding away. There are people that love the uh, the OCD nature of hot, fresh smelling laundry. Serial killers folding it. Yeah, yeah my <laughs> wife. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just putting Does it. Your wife there. enjoy folding clothes. Yeah, but that's not lucky man. She enjoys the act, <laughs> not actually doing it, which is the, the strange part. But that's a whole other conversation. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I'd love doing it. I'm just not going to. Um, in any case, I don't like it myself either, but I would just say like the overall like cleaning of the house. If I could just like just snap my fingers and just have it all taken care of, spick and span, like perfectly spick and span. What no, cleaning no... services for that? I mean, I mean, it costs money is the difference. Yeah, it's well, close I mean, to, that's close to a magic power. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, money <laughs> is, if you've got it, you're certainly feeling pretty magical, but uh no, I, I don't. I can't think of anything else like around the house that I don't mind. I like. I don't mind building stuff. I don't mind doing your selfing things. Oh, I don't I mind cooking that. either. Yeah, I, I know I like a lot cooking. of people do. Yeah, um, a lot of people hate it. A lot of people hate it. A lot of people hate. It. Have you seen this commercial for the uh, that thing? Like it, it's like an easy bake oven for adults. Like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, yeah, but it's a I, meal I, for one. It's like yeah. this, that's um, no offense to anybody. And I no. don't even know what it's called. And if you're a future sponsor, I apologize. But that's like no, the no. Let's not even go there. Let's not even go there. 
Because I know they're going to wind up sponsoring the show. No, like, it's, I, I'm, I'm sure the product is phenomenal. I just find it sad to use. Yeah, I don't know if that's yeah, better. That's probably worse. 30 years old, and you're kind of popping it in the microwave, the little oven boxy thing. And you're, you're like, like mm, oh, I fresh can't salmon wait. and broccoli. It's like mm. <laughs> delivered yesterday. Yeah, no, that's going to be unbelievable. Um, mine would be producing this podcast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's not great. It's not great. Just a magic power. Just have it uploaded and ready to go. So well, that's, that's the thing, like a household chore activity. No, washing I like, I actually I really enjoy cooking. Um, washing the car is easy. You just go through a, a gas station and just do it that way. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean like crazy. detailing and stuff like that. Do you do your own detailing or anything? No. But I, you know, how many times do you get in your car detailed? Like, do it maybe like once a year. I try to do it monthly in my own car. Really? Yeah. Must be nice. <laughs> no, I don't. It's not. It's not. But I, it's it's enough time. I think can bring the boy out there. He can. He feels so excited. He was like, I got a hose. He's all excited. Yeah. Like, now you're you're getting into like child labor years with your kid now. Like where it's like a, you know what thing, you know, around the nation. It's apparently. A, a, <laughs> I don't know what happened. We we skipped a whole generation. We went from I know I don't want to get too political, but we're in the ni- early 1900s, and we've gone into like full Nazi child labor mode here in the year 2023. Can we step up, America, and just kind of like progress rather than go backwards in time? Sorry, that's my public service announcement. <laughs> that's your stance. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't know it was bad to, to I hate. Nazis I didn't have that on the burning question. Children. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> they can wash cars though. Nazis? Yeah, absolutely. That's a good place for them. I was talking about children, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Thanks again for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day, or is we're going to be back Wednesday night with our immediate reactions following game three. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your podcast app. David, thanks for joining me. You got it, Wes. <laughs>